This is episode 10 of season four of the Runner Girls podcast. On tonight's show, we will be talking about alcohol bone disease. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sue, and this is season four of Runner Girls, three women brought together by a love of running. And yes, running, isn't it great? (laughs) I'm happy because I'm running again. Yay! I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, I posted my first test run. Uh, You know, obviously I'll talk about it when we get to training. But Megan's like, "Um, aren't you not supposed to be running yet? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, um, actually, I am. Because I waited the full amount of time. Well, minus one day. But it was gorgeous on Wednesday. So I ended up doing my run like half a day early, which I think is okay. So far, so good. Anyway, we'll get to that. But yeah, it was gorgeous. And now it's cold again. It's the first day of spring. So happy spring. Yay. And we are getting snow tonight. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know, just when you think like, oh, yes, it's finally here, the spring. And it's like, oh, wait, no, actually, you are going to get some winter. So... So hopefully it won't be too much. They're talking about canceling school, but I don't think we're going to get very much. I've seen conflicting reports, and I'm skeptical. I still want to hold on to the idea of spring. So that's what's going on here. How's everything going in North Carolina, Megan? Cold, rainy, windy, miserable winter. It's the first day of spring and shouldn't be like this outside. It's just... I let myself get hopeful for spring <laughs> that we were done with cold weather and the thing is I've been telling everybody they're like oh we're done with winter I'm like no I'm not getting my hopes up because there's going to be cold at least one more we're going to get one more blast of cold and it's going to be miserable and then we'll be done and then when we had a couple days in the high 70s and it was sunny and all the plants were blooming I was like oh no it'll be okay winter is gone it's spring And then my hopes and dreams were dashed. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. Spring is just my favorite time of the year, spring and fall. I really like the transition and and going from cool to warm or warm to cool. And so when I got out to do a race yesterday morning and it was 49, feels like 39 with wind and rain, I was like, um, yeah, you know about this after I've waited 30 minutes? Nope. This isn't for me. I'm going to go home. (laughs) So you didn't do your race? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Megan. In all fairness, it was a color run. Okay. In the rain. So I don't know how much fun a color run would have been in the rain. Oh, Katie could tell you. Yeah, been there, done that. You (laughs) just end up with like colored paste all over your body. Sounds fun. Yeah, see, I wasn't about that. I really was not. I, that's all I could think about. And then I wasn't dressed for cold weather. I thought it was going to be a little bit warmer. It wasn't. And so I froze. And that was my Saturday. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, we could talk about the weather forever. <laughs> it's, yep. it's ridiculous sometimes. But spring is coming. I'm sure it's coming. 
just when the coldness goes away, you'll have a couple days, a couple nice days, and then all of a sudden it'll be summer and it'll be brutal. <laughs> so we got that to look forward to. How's everything in South Carolina, Katie? Pollen coated. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it is the most disgusting thing. We finally got some rain this morning, maybe early afternoon. And so then everything had like yellow puddles around it. There have been video clips on the news of like, it's just so thick this year. And I don't know if it's because we had such a mild winter and, you know, we did warm up so quickly or what the actual cause of it is, but you could see the pollen like moving in over everything in clouds. Oh, wow. And then somebody had filmed at the beach because there's lots of people down here already on spring break. Like the waves are yellow because it picks up everything off of the shoreline, off the sand. And then especially when the wave crashes, that's when you see all the stuff that it's picked up. So the tops of the wave, the wave caps are yellow. It's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I've been uh, sticking with the allergy meds. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure that's not great for the allergies. Yeah, and thankfully, I will say that the worst of mine have seemed to have already passed, and they haven't developed into my annual sinus infection, knock on wood, oh. right? But it seems like I'm doing okay where a lot of the kids are still suffering. Oh. Yeah. Boy, you got that spring break to look forward to, right? Oh, four more days. I can make it. I can do this. Any exciting plans other than big um, race? Yeah, I was going to say, just really planning on getting some things done here around the house, traveling back up to Kentucky, visiting some friends while I'm up there, meeting some babies that have been born in the meantime, and running a half marathon. Who's having babies? Friends of yours? The girl that I was in the wedding for two years ago, Bradzilla. I can't keep track of all those weddings, Katie. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, this this one was the fun one. Uh, She's had a kid. So I'm going to see it. Well, him. I say, my kids always yell at me for calling babies it, but they are. Like until until they're like one, they don't really have much of a personality anyway. So you know, it. It's a baby. I'm going to meet him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I bet you're great with babies too. I bet you no, are. <laughs> not at all. I'm like, oh, it's it's. Hi. It's it's it's. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with them. Like, small dogs and babies. I can't. Oh, my mm-mm. gosh. Sorry. I love babies and small dogs. I got to hold a puppy today. You have no idea how much that made my day. Aw. Oh, yeah. It was random. I was at my sister's house. I was walking out to my car, and this little boy was taking his little puppy on a walk, but the puppy wasn't on the leash, and as soon as he mm-hmm. saw me, he ran over, and I was like, I couldn't resist. I just swooped him right up. Like, you were so cute. Aww. He was... The tiniest, most cutest, softest puppy. I mean, I really don't have words. I just, I, they're cute. This is how I would, I've been talking to Jeff about the puppy. I'm like, remember the puppy? And just, it's so cute. All right. I'm a grown up, I promise. Are you, (laughs) are you girls ready to talk about our training? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, so Megan, you bailed on your color run this week, <laughs> and you are also recovering from your awesome half marathon PR. Did you get any running in during the week? I did. I ended up running 
about 14 miles this week. Wow. Why? Why? Because <laughs> I wanted to run. Awesome. <laughs> you hear this katie i think she's laughing at me for running <laughs> no i'm just surprised it's cool oh that's even worse i'm surprised you're running ha no. ha ha see sue <laughs> it, no it just you had like plenty of reasons to not run this week or you know just that you just did a half marathon so take it easy but you're running like more than you ran in that race so that's cool yeah i'm just messing with you <laughs> we did i did four miles I waited until Wednesday morning to run, and I did four miles then, and we started our Go Far Run Club at school, and so two afternoons this week, I also ran in the afternoon. So on Wednesday, I did six miles, which was really interesting. I've never done like a morning and then an afternoon run, Mm -hmm. and uh, we just, the Go Far Run Club, we're starting out with one minute running, two minutes walking, so it was really easy. Nice. I didn't really... Yeah, I was like, okay, it's to get the kids ready to run their first 5K. And so that's where I'm like, okay, this is, I can do this. It was very interesting after having run four miles that morning, but. How were you feeling afterward? I mean, were you pretty tired after doing, well, basically you did doubles. Yeah, I wasn't tired. I could feel more soreness in my legs. Yeah. But I also wasn't sure if that had been, you know, I just ran a half marathon four days ago three days ago and then decided to do doubles or what but I took it I stretched and because we were run walking the second half of the day it wasn't that bad right then I was going to run Friday morning and I didn't want to something (laughs) happened I didn't feel like it I think it was cold again I don't know there's always some excuse I have for why I miss a run but I ran like two and a quarter miles on Friday afternoon with the run club again. So that was fine. The kids are good. And I've been kind of doing it for sprints, sort of like speed work. Mm -hmm. Because our track is only a, it's like a tenth of a mile long. Okay. So it's really short. But uh, I try to keep the, my one minute run pretty fast. It hovers between in the sevens and the eights. And so for one minute and then I walk the two minutes really easy so you're doing intervals like speed intervals yeah but not hard speed intervals like I'm not pushing myself because I don't want to mess up the rest of my running right except for one kid tried to race me and I blew him away (laughs) yeah my watch is yelling at me that I'm like in the sixes because I have it set to go if I run any faster than eight minutes per mile Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'll get running and distract myself and then I'm looking down I'm like oh so it'll beep and flash and tell me my pace Hmm. and it's like six I think it was like 652 (laughs) but I was in the middle of a sprint so I kind of ignored it because I knew I'd be done in a couple more seconds but it was just one of those things you don't get to see 652 a lot on my watch I was like oh that's cool wow so fast yeah and I think about people who maintain that for 26 miles faster than that for 26 miles and I'm like I I was struggling to maintain that for 30 seconds (laughs) and then um yesterday morning was my failed race on and my whole plan was to actually because I knew the race if the weather was nice was kind of going to be really just fun leisurely run walk maybe jog a little bit and so I was going to get out and do a four mile run yesterday morning Well, yesterday morning came, and I was like, I'm running 
pretty much right after that four mile run. I'll just go do that race anyway. And it'll be fine. I won't do the four miles. Well, we get to the place and it's raining on our way there and it's windy and miserable and cold. And then we waited for 40 minutes for the race to start. And then because they were, it's a color run, it's huge. They released it in waves. There was a chance we wouldn't have gotten to start until 1035. So that puts us out in the cold and wind and rain for over an hour without even having run anything yet. And I was like, um, and I was there with a friend and her two-year-old son was there and both my boyfriend Marshall and her husband were there and I was kind of talking to her we had to get hot chocolate beforehand and we were just like um I was like I don't know if I really want to run this anymore this is just terrible weather like this is miserable she looked at me and she's like are you serious I was like this just isn't gonna be fun she's like yeah it's not she's like let's go get breakfast (laughs) so (laughs) we went and got breakfast and Marshall told me afterwards, he's like, I never would have said anything, but thank you for calling it. Because it would have been miserable to stand out there and wait for you. And I would have, but he would have just, it was too cold. It was just really, and it was raining. And I told Marshall, I'm like, any of the three things I could have done, two of the three, I could have done with like cold and wind, or I could have done with cold and rain, or I could have done with wind and rain, but not all three. It just makes it miserably not fun. Sure. And so... I ended up not running yesterday like I wanted to, but I have my challenge to reach 650 miles this year, and one of my running trackers tells me how many miles per week I need to get it, and I need 13.57 miles a week, and I was sitting at 8 point something, Mm 8.2. I was like, okay, if I go run five miles, I'll meet my mileage goal for the week, and I won't get further behind. And so I went to the treadmill today and ran 5.3 miles. Awesome. How'd it go? It was easy. Really hot. The gym was unbearably hot. I was sweating. It was. I felt like I was outside in summer running, and I was inside in a gym where it was 35 degrees outside. I was like, this doesn't, why am I so hot? But I did it, and it was fine. I think my, I was average like 11, 15 or something. Nice. I just kind of started slow and then sped up. I've been finding here lately that I don't get into a good groove until at least three miles in. And then it's kind of, it gets easier. Like I remember how to run again. The first three miles are not fun. So I'm consistently running. This was oddly enough, my lowest mileage week out of the last three weeks. Wow. Yeah. I was like, okay. It sounds like that fitness tracker is really good at keeping you motivated since it tells you like how many miles you need to do. It sounds like it's helpful in that way. Um, How many miles are you at for the year now so far? 96. Nice. That's a good start. Yeah, it's kind of really scary because I only ran 250 last year. (laughs) And I'm already at almost like I'll get 100 miles this week. Awesome. And I'm like, um, I've almost run 100 miles this year. And then it's not even counting. If I do marathon training and I get all my runs, I'm going to be way over 650. Yeah. Because that's my training plan right now has me at like 425 miles. You know, I think the base that you have right now is 
really go like I feel like now is the best time for you to focus on the marathon train especially since you're going to get to do it over the summer so you have that time off I feel like right now you're in a really good position going into it because your fitness is pretty good and you've been cons- running so consistently I feel like if you keep that momentum going you're, you're going to exactly. be in a good position and that's why I was glad I pushed for a fall marathon when I was thinking about it mm-hmm. because I wanted to be able to give myself one the confidence of hey you can consistently run look at you, you're doing it, and build up some of that fitness so that I wouldn't hurt myself going into consistently running 20, 30 miles a week. Yeah. Now, if I'm, I'm at, you know, 13, 14 miles a week pretty consistently the last three weeks, and if I, my goal is to be at 20 miles a week consistently before June. And so that means just I want to get better about doing weekly longer runs, like in the middle of the week, like at least four miles or five miles during the week and then long runs all you have to do is just extend those shorter runs by a mile or so that's i mean that's what like another 10 12 minutes at the most yeah and it's um it helps too because one of the girls in our run group is training for a half marathon in may so she'll be extending her weekly long runs too for half marathon training and so as i can do that with her because like we did four miles in the middle of the week last week to help her with marathon training because hers is may 15th nice so yeah i'm i feel the best i felt about running in a long time awesome well great job megan that's great all right well as i said at the top of the show i am running again the last time we recorded i was like at five and a half weeks into my rest time um, so I only had like three or four days left and so midweek when I posted my run I was like yay it was like a day early but whatever um, but Wednesday I decided because it was so gorgeous I didn't want to wait until Thursday morning so Wednesday after work after my long day of work <laughs> um, I have one house that takes me forever to clean and that's every other Wednesday but for some reason I was like you know what I think I want to go and test out the leg and see how it feels and everything felt good I went out and did I think two miles but with some walking in there um, I've been really trying to research you know what is the best approach to return to running after stress fracture because the last thing that I want to do is to delay healing or cause myself further injury or new injury (laughs) so I'm trying to be very conservative and one of the things that I found was definitely incorporating walk breaks is important as much as I hate walking I did force myself to do it it was however necessary though because my cadence is as high as it was before I stopped running but my fitness is not there (laughs) so I'm feeling like what feels like a comfortable pace is still a little too fast so I am having to slow myself down and keeping track of my heart rate and all that but uh yeah it's it's tough coming back to running so I did two miles on Wednesday and then I took Thursday off uh another important part of returning to running is rest days between runs very important and having you know making sure that there's no pain during the run or after the run so I'm really you know, on my rest day, focusing on like, am I feeling good? Is everything okay? You know, pressing on the bone, making sure there's no tenderness at all. Um, And so far, everything was good. Uh, So Thursday, I ended up going to the pool and doing a swim workout. 
and I swam a mile in the pool, which was awesome. Um, I've only done that once before and stopped like a couple times during the swim the first time I did it and this time like I had to stop once to readjust my goggles and that was it like the rest was just straight swimming and it was great my pace is getting faster in the pool which is nice and I think it's help I I like to think that it's helping my aerobic fitness I can't really see that in the running right now (laughs) but I'm getting better in the pool which is good and I am still planning on doing that mile swim race in June so having done a mile gives me a lot more confidence I do want to increase my distance in the pool by a little bit so that a mile feels way easier than it does at this point because it just I mean it takes so much longer it takes me 45 minutes to do a mile in the pool but that's like a four mile run (laughs) you know what I mean like it's way longer so I'm trying to get used to that Friday I went out for another test run and I felt good again but it felt a lot harder, even harder than before. And I, and I think the asthma might be an issue too because I haven't, you know, really been taking the medication um, because I haven't been running. So I'm, I've been starting to feel more asthma symptoms like during my regular activities and not just during running. And so I'm kind of annoyed by that. And, and I think the cold weather has a lot to do with it. So hopefully as it warms up, that will become less of an issue. But I do think that it affected my breathing, even though I used, I did use my inhaler before the run, my chest still felt kind of tight. So it was hard. Um, I, I took more walk breaks again and I did, I think I did like three miles on Friday. I checked my daily mile here. Yeah, it was about three miles. And so I took yesterday off and just did a body weight workout and Um, felt good. Today I was going to run with my friend Michelle, but she bailed because it was cold and it was actually in the teens again this morning, (laughs) first day of spring. And it was 18 degrees when I woke up and I was like, oh man. And, um, I I just thought like, you know, I'm not going to bother running outside either because of the asthma and the cold air. I actually ended up going to my sister's house and I bought her treadmill off of her. She's moving and she doesn't really have room for the treadmill. And I'm like, I could use that. I can run indoors and not have to deal with the cold air. So Jeff and I brought the treadmill back here and I tested it out. And turns out I am a lot slower on a treadmill. <laughs> I was keeping track of the my heart rate again. And so I kept it really, really easy this time. My heart rate was about an average of like 110 or something. I just wanted to keep it below like 130, 140, something like that. So I was going easy, but it was just, I don't know. I don't like running on a treadmill because I'm not, maybe it's because I'm not getting anywhere. It just seems like it takes forever. And I did end up doing more walking, probably a lot more walking than I had been when I was running on outside and I felt like there was more of an impact I don't know why like maybe I'm just landing differently on the treadmill but I definitely had some knee pain that I never have when I run outside and it was it felt very much like runner's knee like right in the center of my kneecap just a twinge it wasn't like painful but I knew like all right I do not want to run on this I don't want to push this so so I did mostly walking towards the end but it, it came out to be I think it was less than two miles, like 1.8, and it took me over a half an hour to do it. So 
quite a difference in pace on the treadmill for me, but I'm happy that I have an option for running indoors on cold days, but I would prefer to do my runs outside because I feel like it's better for my form and my knees, and I just feel like it goes by faster when you're actually getting somewhere. (laughs) But the good thing about the treadmill is that I was able to control my pace, so that's something that I'm really going to have to focus on when I'm running outside is to just keep my heart rate low and not run too fast, which is difficult, but I can do it and I will do it. So that was my running. Um, As far as this week, I'm still just kind of playing it day by day. I think I might take the next couple of days off just because of that knee thing and, you know, see how it goes. But hopefully I'll get a few runs in this week and, um, yeah, see where it goes from there. As far as returning to running goes, as soon as I, f- I feel like I'm a few weeks in and I'm like out of the woods as far as my leg goes, then I'll probably think about, you know, building my base back up. But I'm going to do it really conservatively. I'm thinking like just increasing my weekly mileage like by like five miles each month. So like if I can do, I don't know, 15 a week this month and then maybe like 20 a week in April and then like 25 in May, like I should get up to like back up to my mileage base by June or July. And then I can think about whether I'm ready to go for a marathon in the fall. But all of that's really going to depend on how the recovery goes. So, so I'm trying to be smart about it. Every run I post on daily mile, somebody posts comments, start slow, run easy, take it slow. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, thank you. But I know what I'm doing. I mean, I can understand why people would think that I don't because I have been injured before and I'm good at getting injured. But um, but yeah, I, I also tend to research things a lot and I'm trying to be smart about it. So, And anyway, if I want to do something stupid, that's my decision, right? <laughs> really? Like, seriously? It, it has gotten to me a bit. Like, people telling me, like, what I should be doing, like you know what, if I want to screw up, that's, that's my choice. I, at least I'm making an informed decision and I know the risks. Like I let me screw up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think back to, all right, I did my marathon in October and then the very following weekend I did that 10 K race and I'm pretty sure that's how I got my stress fracture because the marathon weakened my bones. Like there was some, you know, remodeling process going on there with with my bones getting stronger, but they were in a weakened state. And then I ran really hard that race, that 10K race. And you know what? I would not take it back now. And I knew, I knew the risk going in. I knew that I was setting myself up for injury by doing a hard race so soon after my marathon, but I knew that I was willing to take the winter off if I had to because I wanted that 10K goal and I made it. I did it. And so, yeah, wasn't the smartest thing to do, but I don't regret it. I'm glad I got that 10K time and I got under an hour finally after all of those brutal 10K races and I feel like I never have to do another 10K again. <laughs> um, so, you know... I feel like, and I'm, I'm guilty of, certainly guilty of giving people advice on running, and I'm going to be better about that in the future because, you know what, let people make their own decisions. And let me, please. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have been thinking a lot about what I want to do when I'm running strong again, and I'm 
pretty sure I'm not going to do that ultra marathon in April. I pretty much ruled that out at this point. So I do still want to do an ultra, but now is not the time, clearly. So that's where I'm at. And thank you for letting me vent a little bit. <laughs> Yay. Um, and Sue. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't tell you what to do, but I'm glad you are ruling out the ultra only <laughs> because I would have been worried about it. I never would have told you that. I never been like, Sue, I don't think you should do it. But the whole time I would have been like, okay, Sue, okay. In my head, like. Had I actually gone to do it, I would not have tried to finish. You know, if there had been any hint of anything at all, I really just wanted to go for the experience. So I probably would have only done like one lap, two if I was feeling good. Honestly, it wasn't, I never had it in my mind that I'm going to run like 30 miles that day. Yeah. Can you go to volunteer instead to still kind of get the experience without having to run it? Um, I can. The thing is, I feel like, I feel like if I'm there, I'm going to want to do it and then I'll sign up for another one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I could, I'll think about it. We'll see. <laughs> but I, I, I am not ruling out an ultra marathon in the future, at least a 50 K. Like I, it's something that I, I do want to experience. So, or just to do a trail race and not have expectations of speed, you know, just going into it, knowing I'm going to walk a lot of this and that's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right, Katie. How have you been doing this past week? Have you got some of that half marathon training in or has the knee been giving you problems still? Well, the uh the training, I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see that right now, but <laughs> training went out the window a long time ago. So I've just been trying to sneak in runs where I can and try to be as uh, aware of my body, I guess, as I can be for each of the runs that I've gotten to do. This week, I did two more runs. I wanted to do one today, but like I said, it started raining. And my back has kind of been hurting this weekend. Ooh. I don't know if maybe I slept strange or if I did something to it. I've been trying to do a lot of like spring cleaning and things this weekend. And it's my lower back, which isn't completely out of the ordinary for me like you know that's just something that happens I think as we tend to get older you start to feel a few more aches and pains and everybody in my family seems to have back pain so that's nothing crazy you said you've been doing some spring cleaning has there been a lot of vacuuming not really this weekend oh I'm just wondering because as a house cleaner that's the thing that I found that bothers my, my lower back the most is vacuuming when oh. I'm kind of bent over and like reaching with the, the vacuum. So yeah, just wondering. No, no. I mean, not outside the normal, just running the vacuum. For me, it seems to be mopping. Like I didn't yeah. do any of that this weekend either, but I can always, I like dread mopping the kitchen because it does, it, it hurts my back so much. Uh, but anyway, I did wear my KT tape pretty much all week long, trying to leave it on there just to give my knee a little more support. And of the two runs that I did, both were in my neighborhood here because, number one, the pollen is so gross outside. I wasn't trying to go anywhere with a lot of tree cover. And number two, I didn't do anything over three miles because, I don't know, like, I know this is just a mental thing because clearly my allergies haven't been very bad this week but when I see it all over everything outside I just imagine breathing all of that into my lungs and I'm like ew I don't want to be out here 
so so I try not to do anything too long and extended outside, but I did get two short runs in this week. The knee still feels okay. Again, noticeable, but not painful like it was. So fingers crossed we continue on that trend and i i was gonna do that's what i was i was gonna do a 5k this weekend i think i had mentioned it on last week's podcast there were one was one on saturday and one on sunday and i said i'd kind of pick whichever one had the best weather that day well i ended up not doing either of them but instead registering for one next week and i know it's then a week out from my half marathon, but I'm clearly not going to be racing it hard. And I thought maybe that would give me a better idea of what my knee felt like going into my half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a few more hills as well, like Run the Bluegrass is going to have. So that's the reason I decided to change that schedule. But it's the race for the inlet. So I'll be doing that next weekend and maybe just trying to squeeze in another run or two between now and then. I mean, I'm clearly not at the top of my training. I'm clearly not super conditioned for this, but it's something, you know, my half marathon run the bluegrass is one that I've done every year and I really enjoy it. So it is what it is. You know, you just kind of deal with the, the cards that are dealt to you and go from there. Yeah. And you know, like, no matter what, you're you're really going to enjoy the race because it's such a beautiful race and you just love being there so much. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been really warm up in Kentucky lately as well. Today is the first day where I can see 15 days out what they're predicting race day weather to be like so far. So far, it looks like it's going to be rainy, but it is still 15 days out. So I know it's not super accurate. But I'm hoping that I don't have to run in the rain again. <laughs> you know, uh, if if you if you feel like you're not going to be running it too hard, maybe just bring an umbrella with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they would let umbrellas out on the course. Oh, really? I didn't think of I, that. I, have you ever been at a race where they had umbrellas? Well, you know, there's been there have been races where it was rainy and the walkers carried umbrellas. Certainly, okay. like Red's race, a five mile race. I remember people carrying umbrellas. Yeah. But, I mean, probably not runners. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was just trying to think. And now I've run several races in the rain. Everybody always has, like, their ponchos or their garbage bags. But I could never remember anybody actually bringing an umbrella. You could get one of those hats they used to have in the 80s that has, like, an umbrella attached to the hat. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm just envisioning me with that on my head looking like I'm out of the funnies in the newspaper. <laughs> but yeah, fingers crossed. It'll be nice weather. And like you said, it's it's an enjoyable race for me every year regardless. Mm. So that's that's what I'm trying to keep in mind and trying to stay positive and just say, you know what, I'm going to get it done. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear how your 5k goes. And hopefully that'll give you an idea of how the knee will hold up. And if you are feeling any, well, I don't need to give you any advice. I hope you have a great 5K and then I hope you have a great half marathon the next weekend. So thanks. So that brings us to our weekly topic, which this week is something that I only recently discovered and it's alcohol induced bone disease. 
So when I was researching stress fractures, of course, I was looking into, obviously there are lots of different training factors that can cause stress fractures, but I think the there are also risk factors involved. And a lot of what I read said women who are small boned and run a lot of miles, you know, like me, <laughs> are at higher risk. And a lot of that has to do with bone density. And so I was wondering, all right, so some people can train the way that I do and not have any problems. And then there are other people who will consistently have stress fractures like throughout their running career like they'll recover from one and then go back to training and then get another one and I'm like well I don't want to be one of those people so I was looking at what would cause my bones to become weaker than normal and what could I possibly do to prevent it I'm a very healthy eater you know I try to eat a lot of protein a lot of vegetables I try to get my vitamins and I drink a lot of water and so I'm like what could be causing my bones to be weak and when I was doing this research one thing that came up was alcohol consumption well there wasn't a definitive amount you know we'll get into the article there's no like definitive amount of this much will weaken your bones but there is definitely a strong correlation between alcohol intake and weakened bone density and so that made me think well I drink pretty often not a lot I don't get drunk a lot but I drink I like to drink wine you know after a hard day's work which is pretty often turns out and for fun when I'm socializing and so I started thinking about how much I had been drinking and that made me think well okay first of all if I'm trying to strengthen my bones I'm gonna stop that right away but that really opened my eyes and so that is what we are talking about tonight and the article is excessive alcohol consumption can affect bone health terence donahue jr phd unmc professor of internal medicine is an expert on the effects of alcohol on the liver he and colleague dennis shakalakal PhD associate professor in the Department of Surgery at Creighton University says chronic consumption of excessive alcohol can inhibit the formation and function of new bone cells called osteoblasts. The result is decreasing new bone formation required for maintenance of bone health and healing after bone injuries. Chronic and heavy alcohol consumption is known to contribute to low bone mass, decreased bone formation, and increased incidence of fractures and delays in fracture healing. A review of human, animal, and cell culture studies of alcohol's detrimental effects on bone has determined that osteoblast development and function are particularly at risk. Many people know about alcohol's effects on the liver and the damage it can cause to this organ after years of heavy drinking, said Dr. Donahue, an expert on alcohol in the liver. Considerably fewer people know about alcohol-induced bone disease. It is not known exactly how alcohol affects bone thinning and fractures, nor how long or how much alcohol consumed would affect bone health. The maintenance of healthy bone in human adults occurs through a process called bone remodeling, said Dr. Shakalako. At any given time during adult life and in various parts of the skeleton, small portions of the old bone are removed by cells called osteoclasts, and new bone is formed by cells called osteoblasts. In a healthy person, the two activities are imbalanced so that there is no net loss of bone. However, chronic and heavy drinking can disrupt the balance by suppressing new bone formation. 
The empty space created by normal bone removing activity is inadequately filled by newly formed bone, Dr. Shackalackle said. This process continues at other skeletal sites during the next remodeling cycle. The cumulative effect of this process during several remodeling cycles is manifested as measurable bone loss over a period of just a few years. The few studies that have been done on the effects of both the amount of alcohol consumed daily and the duration indicate that bone loss may be seen within 3 to 10 years in alcoholics who consume 100 grams of alcohol daily. He said alcohol-induced bone loss weakens the bones and predisposes alcoholics to a greater frequency of fractures from falls. A little bit of alliteration there. Yeah, (laughs) say that five times fast. In order to heal properly, bone cells must first form a matrix that later hardens or ossifies to form new bones. Say doctors Shakalakal, is that what we said? Shakalakal? And Donahue. Uh, Alcohol consumption changes the composition of this matrix by suppressing the formation of osteoblasts and or decreasing their ability to respond to signals that normally trigger bone formation after a fracture. The evidence also supports the choice of abstinence from alcohol. The review underscores the importance of abstinence from alcohol consumption by patients with fractures and who may want to drink during their convalescence, Dr. Donahue said. So I just thought that was really interesting because I've been been researching stress fractures in recovery. One of the things that I read a lot about was the bone remodeling process. A lot of articles say that recovery from a stress fracture, which isn't a complete fracture, like a normal bone break, um, the recovery time is, is about six to eight weeks, somewhere in there. I took six weeks off. And that comes out to be about like 42 days for six weeks. But the actual bone remodeling process takes about 90 days from start to finish. So the period of, you know, the weakest point is that first six weeks but then there's still another six weeks where the the bone is still rebuilding itself and so that's why there's like a gradual return to running during that time and since you know I'm, I'm at that position where my bone is rebuilding now I really don't want to do anything at all that's going to jeopardize that so I'm taking a ton of calcium because I that's also been shown to reduce fractures you know not drinking and just been trying to eat healthy and to not put any extra weight on my leg unless absolutely necessary so um doing everything I can because I know these next six weeks are still critical even though I am able to run again without pain I'm still building up that new bone so anyway I just thought that we should cover that because obviously it was something I'd never heard of before so I figured there probably are listeners that don't know about it either So I think that wraps that up. Up next, we have our Run-A-Girl Recommends. This episode of Run-A-Girls is sponsored by Jabra, and the Jabra Pulse is the wireless sports earbud that is perfect for runners of all levels and speeds. And I've been using the Jabra Pulse, even though I haven't been running these past few weeks, I still use my earbuds every day because I'm always listening to podcasts at work, and I'm always listening to stuff when I'm doing chores around the house, like doing dishes and cleaning. It definitely makes the time go by when you you know, have something to do while you're doing chores and stuff. So I love the Jabra earbuds because like once you put them in and they lock in place, like I don't even notice that they're there. 
so I can just go and do whatever I'm doing, cleaning or working out or whatever, and listen to podcasts or music, and I forget that I'm wearing them. They're so comfortable. Definitely. They stay in the ear so well because they have that secure and comfortable fit, and the ability to customize the earpieces is what makes them lock in. You've got the different size ear wings, the different size like earbuds, the piece that go in your ear, so they're awesome. I've never, ever felt a pair of headphones to be more secure than my Jabra earbuds. They're also sweatproof and weatherproof. So if Megan had gotten rained on today, she wouldn't have had to worry. The water would have been fine and wouldn't have affected her headphones. Yeah. Megan, did you wear them during your race? As sweaty as I was, they were fine. <laughs> Very happy with them. Awesome. Yeah. And I love the heart rate monitor that's built in. I don't know how it does it. I guess it's right in the earbud there. There's a little heart rate monitor that can get your pulse and it's amazing. So I like it during runs and when I start training again, you know, in the next week or so, hopefully I'll be fine to run. But once I do start running again, I plan on taking it really easy and really focusing on keeping in an aerobic zone. And I know how helpful the Jabber earbuds are for that because I will be able to just look down at my watch and see my heart rate that my watch is getting from the earbuds. It's my favorite thing about the Jabber Pulse and makes me choose them over any of my other Bluetooth earbuds every time I work out. Yeah, and along with your watch that it connects to, it also connects to lots of different running apps. Um, There's even its own integrated running app that you can use if you want to. It's really easy. So if you have something that you go to and you like the look, the interface, more likely than not, the Jobber earbuds will connect to that running app. Yep, and if you don't have a running app that you use, you can also use Jabra's own integrated running app that has a lot of cool features that Megan has told us about in the past. Runner Girls listeners can get exclusive offers and product discounts by signing up at jabra.com slash runnergirls, where we will be giving away a pair of Jabra Pulse Bluetooth earbuds to one lucky listener each month that we run this promotion. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes or go to jabber.com slash runnergirls to sign up for the newsletter and you are automatically entered into the monthly drawing. So visit jabber.com slash runnergirls to start your journey or buy the Jabra Pulse at your local Best Buy. Jabra, this is where it starts. All right, Megan, what is your runnergirl recommend this week? My recommend this week is kind of a quick recipe that I made myself, and that's how you know it's easy, because I don't really cook, and I call them sausage breakfast egg cups. It's really fancy, but um, I'm just, I don't cook in the morning, definitely not, and I usually eat at school because I can't eat when I get up first thing, so it's got to be something that's easy to take with me and heat up at school. So I made these little egg cups and all I did was cook like the little sausage patties you can buy. I just cooked them on the stove and then I put them in the bottom of greased muffin pans, like a muffin pan in the bottom of all the little circular parts. And they fit well in there? I broke them up a little bit. Okay. Well, really Marshall was really nice and broke them up for me. (laughs) And um, I forgot to grease the muffin pan and you don't want to do that so you definitely need to grease the bottom (laughs) okay and then all I did is crack an egg on top and then cover it with cheese and then I baked them at 375 for 15 minutes and they came out perfect 
Awesome. And then when I go to reheat them, I just put them in there for between 30 and 45 seconds in my microwave. And they're good. I eat two, so they're perfect, good for breakfast, and they're full of protein, so I feel pretty full until my lunch at noon. Yeah, I was going to say, lots of protein. Well, that's a great recommend. That's a full sausage, egg and cheese breakfast on the go. I love it. All right, Katie, what's your recommend this week? My recommend this week is an app. It is yet another app that was downloaded compliments of the Starbucks app. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's one of the best things ever, all the freebies that it gives you. But this is a to-do kind of list-making app. And if you have listened to probably more than one or two episodes of our podcast, you know I love to make lists. (laughs) So this one gives you a lot of different options, and it's super easy, really, really user-friendly. You control a lot of your lists with gestures. And I've been trying to do more lists on my phone just because I am always writing lists, but then sometimes I might leave it on the refrigerator or leave it in my bag whenever I go into the store. But I always have my phone. So I was trying to just kind of get used to that and find an app that makes it convenient to do. So the Clear app is really, really good. You can customize your colors, your sounds, your themes, all kinds of stuff. You can add reminders so that it pops up, it gives you an alarm, or you can just create a list in general. So I really like it so far. I'm going to actually test it out in the store for the first time tomorrow, but uh, I really enjoy it. And like I said, it's easy to use. It's pretty. So that's another thing that makes me want to use it. So, so check it out. It is only for iOS, but that's phone, Apple watch, iPad, and of course, MacBook. And that you can upload everything to the iCloud. So your account is easily accessible on all your devices. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at the website and I love the little graphic where it shows somebody basically just swiping off each task as it's done and then you can see your list getting shorter. I love that Mm -hmm. visual. I also like to make a lot of lists and I have multiple list apps plus I also just put a lot of lists in my notes app and then write a lot of lists on paper as well. I've never been able to find the one list app that really works for me and I'd love to try this out but you know I'm on Android right now, so I can't. Hopefully, they'll come up with an Android version, but this looks really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I like it so far, and like I said, I'm going to give it its first run in store tomorrow, so (laughs) we'll see how it does there, but so far, so good. Awesome. All right, so that is clear for iOS and Mac. My recommend this week is, well, I mean, it's kind of nerdy. (laughs) It's another article on bone stress injury. Like I said, I've been doing a lot of research. Well, one of my favorite websites as far as running injuries go is runningwritings.com. And I've referred to them a lot in the past. Shin splints specifically was the first one that I came across. And then another one on stress fractures. They also recently came out with an article on the bone stress injury model, which talks about the whole bone remodeling process and also the recovery time and when it's safe to return to running and obviously always always follow your doctor's advice always go to your doctor first that's step one in the process but I'm including for my recommend just a simple graphic that talks about how to know when it's safe to run so the first question that it asks is 
do you suspect that you have a bone stress injury? And you would need to go to your doctor and get confirmation of that either by his diagnosis or bone scan, MRI, that kind of thing. So that's step one. Um, And then the next question it asks is, do you have pain during or after walking in normal daily activities? So if you have any pain just in your normal activities, then especially walking, you're going to want to use crutches. You're going to want to take the weight off of the injury. If you don't, then you just want to avoid impact activities such as running and jumping. And then once you are at that point, and you are pain-free for five to seven days after you've done your resting and whatnot, and you're not having any pain at all, then you can start to think about beginning your return to running program, which should be a very conservative walk-run program to gradually ease yourself back into running. And as I said before, get your doctor's approval. And then the next step is, do you have pain during or after your run? If you do, you want to, again, go back to complete rest with no impact activities. And then at that point, you return to your previous point in your running program. If you don't have any pain during running or after running, that's also important because you could have pain after your run that doesn't necessarily present while you're actually out there. So um, I generally like to press very gently on the bone just to see if there's any tenderness at all. I don't want to push too hard because I know it's still like a sensitive area and that it's still rebuilding. But definitely, if you have any tenderness on the bone, you want to refrain from running. But if you don't, then you know that it's okay to proceed to the next run in your program. So anyway, I just thought that was a really helpful diagram and I'm going to include the link to that or a picture of that in the show notes because it's very helpful. Always see your doctor for confirmation and specific instructions, but I know there are people out there, because I have been one of them in the past, who for whatever reason they don't have health insurance, don't have the time to go see a doctor. I feel like this could be very helpful in a conservative plan in treating a stress fracture. So that is my recommend this week. It is an article, the bone stress injury model on runningwritings.com and then the, the graphic that explains what to do. A plan for pain mediated return to running following bone stress injury. It's a mouthful. All right, up next we have runner girl of the week. Okay, so this week, our Runner Girl of the Week is actually our Runner Girl of the Week from last week. I apologize, Katie, to you because apparently I either did not record the Runner Girl of the Week or I lost the audio during the editing process. So would you please share our Runner Girl of the Week that you shared with us last week? Sure, no problem. Our Runner Girl from last week and this week is Miss Sonia from Georgia and she ran the Big Creek two miles. She said, woohoo, I ran my first mile under 12 minutes and then I tired myself out and ran the second mile much slower. <laughs> it was still a good run and I totally can relate to that. You get so excited, you're looking down and you're seeing what you're doing and you're feeling super fast and then you keep pushing and it's like, holy crap, I did start out too fast. But she She says it was still a good run, so I hope that you have many more good runs ahead this week. Awesome. Great job, Sonia. I think we can all relate to getting a little caught up in the excitement of a (laughs) fast first mile. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) 
We choose our runner girl of the week from our Daily Mile feeds and Megan's Smash Run feed. If you'd like to friend us on Daily Mile or friend Megan on Smash Run and possibly be a future runner girl, all of our Daily Mile and Smash Run links are on the sidebar of our website at runnergirlspodcast.com. And up next, we have feedback. Our first bit of feedback tonight comes from Sarah, who posted on our wall at facebook.com slash runnergirls. And she writes, any New York City news? I got in and I'm a little terrified because it will be my first. And Sue, I think that one's directed at you. So any any New York City news? Obviously, I forgot to even mention it last week on the show because it wasn't an issue. I didn't get in. And I was fine with that because saved myself a couple hundred bucks and now I don't have the pressure of having to train for a marathon in the fall I could be a lot more careful about my gradual return to running and then deciding if I'm actually ready for a marathon instead of committing to a very expensive trip to New York but I figured I had to apply anyway just because I'm like I'm just gonna apply every year and maybe one year I will get in but congrats to Sarah for getting in on her first try and for her first marathon super exciting and do keep us updated and let us know how it goes because that's going to be a heck of a first marathon experience our next piece of feedback is a facebook post from jean and she says megan every time the jabber ad comes on and you say i'm a sweater i picture a sweater like the article of clothing and think no megan you're not a sweater you're a person (laughs) totally a dad joke but it pops into my head every episode loving this season so far sending tons of good vibes to megan for your half and to sue and katie as they heal well thank you Jean, for your good vibes because i'm sure they helped last weekend for my half and i just laugh every time i think about you thinking of me as a sweater (laughs) (laughs) you're a sweater no megan you're not a sweater you're a person (laughs) exactly awesome And thank you for the good thoughts on uh, us healing. I'm hoping that your healing thoughts are as good as your thoughts for Megan's half marathon run. (laughs) (laughs) And our last post that we got on Facebook was from Dave. And he just wanted to say, fantastic run, Megan. Can't wait to hear all about it. So hopefully Dave got to hear that on last week's episode. But if not, go back and listen, Dave, because it was a heck of a race. Yeah, and I was thinking he must have been tracking me like you do, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> because he posted it literally within 10 minutes of me finishing the race. Oh, that's and funny. so I that's what I was thinking cuz I thought I was like, "Oh, he must have been nosy." Yeah. Which is, you know, and checking on me cuz he posted really close to my finish time and said it was fantastic. So he had to have known it went well. Oh, I was like, "Okay. Megan's first stalker." <laughs> They're a listener. It's allowed. (laughs) All right. Well, let's not give them any ideas. And technically, it would be my second stalker because you're my first one. (laughs) Well, yeah. But I mean, it's it's part of the job. You know, I have to keep tabs on you girls. (laughs) It's justified. Thanks for all of the feedback. And just a reminder, you can also leave us calls on our Runner Girls hotline. That number is 207-200-3297. Keep those calls coming in. We want to hear about your races. And up next, we have the Charity Challenge. 
The Charity Challenge is a fun contest to raise money for charity and to motivate listeners like you to achieve your running goals. Here is how you can participate. Just donate $5 to the Charity Challenge, tell us your goal race and predictive finishing time, and get as close to that time as you can. Whoever gets the closest wins. Doesn't matter if it's a 5K or a marathon. Just train for a race and hit your projected time, and you could be one of three winners to win a Runner Girls Tech shirt. I believe that we've been saying t-shirt, but it's actually a technical shirt that you can wear during runs. And a Charity Challenge race medal. So go to runnergirlspodcast.com slash charity to enter. Oh, and you can also enter for multiple races. So if you have a few races coming up, you don't quite get as close to your predicted time on the first one you have until june 4th june 4th is when the challenge ends and so any number of races in between then but only one entry for each race no submitting multiple times for the same race because that's just that's not fair <laughs> go to runnergirlspodcast.com slash charity to enter but if you do not want to participate in the contest but would still like to donate you can do that too every dollar helps And the charity that we are supporting this year is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, a 24-hour, toll-free, confidential suicide prevention hotline available to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. By dialing 1-800-273-TALK or 8255, callers will be connected to the nearest crisis center that provides crisis counseling and mental health referrals day and night. Your donations will be used to support services such as crisis chat services and training for counselors. And if you or someone you know is experiencing a crisis, please call 1-800-273-TALK. Suicide is preventable. And this week we want to say thank you to Katherine Sagerson, who has participated in the Runner Girls Challenge in past years. She is running the Weymouth Half Marathon. And also thank you to Jennifer Spies, who is running the Hot Dash 5K. So thank you girls both for supporting the Runner Girls Charity Challenge and the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And don't forget to send us a link to your official race results after you finish your races. So I think that wraps us up for this week. The quote that I found today came from Pinterest, and this is by Meb Kafuzki. So Meb says, most of us have enough areas in our life where we have to meet others' expectations. Let your running be about your own hopes and dreams. So I know we talk a lot on this show about our running goals and, you know, cheering each other on, and we've made certain time goals in the past, but ultimately running needs to be about what it does for you so you know if you enjoy running for fun if you enjoy running as therapy or as your alone time or if you just want to reconnect with nature whatever it is to you it should just be something that gives you joy you know for me it's about I want to run hard and I want to run fast not during training but you know I want to get better so I can be fast in races and that's okay too so I just I love that quote so I just wanted to share that let running be about your own hopes and dreams. All right, Megan, you want to close us out? Sure. That's it for episode 10 of season four. Join us next time when we'll be talking about Guinness World Records for running. If you have any questions, email runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com, post on facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast, tweet to us at runnergirlsshow, call the hotline at 207-200-3297, and follow us on Instagram at Runner Girls Podcast. 
Listen to us at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.